We're so honored that you joined us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and challenged in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. I love the Word of God, and as we are kind of coming down on the tail end of this message series called Prosperous Soul, um, I believe these next couple of weeks, actually today, might be one of my favorite messages out of the whole series. I think it's one of those keystone um, messages, and even more so, keystone uh, practices that if we don't implement in our life and make it a habit, a part of our everyday life, then we will miss out on a lot of uh, life and what Jesus really died to have us experience. I don't know about you, but I, I want more of that. And so um, I'm looking forward to um, taking some time to experience rest in Christ. Amen. Um, before we do it, I just want to take a moment to give a shout out to our church in Eureka. We love you. Hope Church Eureka, we bless you guys today. Pastor Jeremy, uh, we love you. We're praying for you and our Hope City Church downtown Kalispell. Uh, reaching out to the homeless, and we bless you guys today. Love what you're doing down there. Love what God is doing in our church and second service. You might just want to stick around because we're, we're supposed to baptize about 15 people, and uh, we're actually going to do it this week, which I'm excited about. Last week, we had a little issue with our, our baptizer or baptized tub, whatever you want to call it, and uh, yeah, the water was 50 degrees. The heater broke, and we said, we don't want it. We want people to experience God, not experience shock of going into 50 degree weather. So uh, we thought it was a good idea to just postpone it one week and get the water temperature. Out. Here, the water is 85 degrees. So, you know, if any of you want to hang out later and get baptized again, no, it'll be really refreshing. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be um, awesome. Hey, I want to do something. This past Thursday, we recognized uh, nationally Veterans Day. And I don't know about you, but um, the older I get, the more things I experience and the longer I live in this country, the greater my appreciation is for those who have given their lives, sacrificed their lives to serve this country and to protect this great nation and protect our freedoms. And so I would love to, before I get into the message this morning, if you have served in the military, would you do me a favor? I want to honor you this morning. Would you just stand? In Eureka, would you stand to your feet if you're there? Just stand to your feet if you've served in the military. Yeah, come on. Can we give it up for those people? Just stay standing if you would. I just want us to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for those people who have uh, given their lives, sacrificed, God, to stand up for freedom, to stand up for this country. Some of them have gone to war. They have fought through wars. They have lost some things, and it's been a struggle. And God, I just, uh, we today, we recognize the sacrifice they've made. We honor them. We pray that you bless them and their families in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said amen, amen. amen. Thank you guys so much. Hey, also, I just want to give a shout out. We, um, we're kind of going through a season of growth in the church, and it's amazing. I love what God is doing here at Hope Church, and I don't believe it's just limited to our church. I believe God is doing something new in this hour, in this time, in the world. Um, but he is definitely um, growing our church, and it, it's amazing. And a lot of you are newer to Hope Church, and you just heard um, in our Hope News that we have something we call Next Steps. It's a way of uh, me personally getting to introduce our church to you, share about the mission and vision of this church that God has given us, and how you can uh, become a partner of this church. We don't believe in membership here. I actually believe uh, uh, Paul 
uh, to Timothy in 1 Timothy, he says, I thank God for you every time I think of you for your partnership in the gospel. And so that's the way I see the relationship between you and the church is that it's this partnership between um, what God is doing and the leadership of the church and what God has called you to be a part of in this church. Now, you may um, be called, I believe that God calls everyone to be a part of a church. A part of a church. Not just an attender, but a part of a church. And there's a difference. And uh, you come uh, on the first Sunday of December after church. We're going to feed you. We're going to give you a nice lunch. We're going to provide some child care. And you're going to get to hear more about Hope Church and, and hopefully become a part of it. So you can do that. Sign up at the Connect Center. I would love to personally see you there. All right, we're going to get into the Word. If you will turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. It says this, and I don't know, some of you might be able to relate. Actually, before I read the scripture, I want to do something. Can we do something together? Uh, could you do me a favor? Can you pull out your cell phone right now? Uh, yep, that's, you heard me right. Pull out your, some, some of you gave me that look like, what you talking about, Willis? Um, yeah, if you'll do me a favor, just pull out your cell phone. Now, I'm not going to ask you to take a selfie or take a picture to me and post it online or any of that jazz. Sometimes churches do to try to promote. I ain't do any of that. But, but what I want you to do is this. I want you to hit the little button on the side and hold it until the little icon comes up that says shut off. And, and I want you to just shut it off right now. Can you do that? Now, I know some of you might have an emergency. Maybe there's somebody, uh, you're waiting for a phone call, something like that. If you have an emergency, feel free to keep that on. Um, if you'll put it on vibrate, that would help, of course. But for the rest of us, do me a favor right now. Just take that little bit. You can do it. Trust me, it's going to be okay. I promise you can do it. You can shut that phone off for the next half hour to 45 minutes, probably 45 minutes. Um, and and, and uh, saying, and <laughs> after I go through my third close, no, just kidding. Um, just shut that phone off for me. Because what I want us to do is I really want us to take what this, this scripture take it serious this morning and I think sometimes even even in church if we're going to be honest with each other we've got our phones on we're getting messages we're listening to the pastor and playing candy crush at the same time we're listening to the message and looking at checking Facebook checking our fantasy football come on just being real and um and and I want us to really tune in to the presence of God today so I want to read the scripture to you and maybe the scripture relates to you where you're at this morning it says this this is Jesus speaking. I want you to internalize this this morning. Now, this isn't just Jesus preaching to a group of people over 2,000 years ago, but this is actually the spirit of the living God that is speaking right directly to you and to your heart this morning. He says this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you, said so it's together, will what? Find rest for your souls. Anybody could use some rest for your souls this morning. And then he, he finishes with this in verse 30. For my yoke, speaking of Jesus' yoke. Now, for, for many of us, we don't understand that language. What is a yoke? Are you talking about eggs? Is Jesus going to crack some eggs and my, my eggs are eating? No, no, no. Uh, a yoke was an agricultural term. It was actually this wooden um, 
It was like a, a neck brace that they would put over two oxen when they would plow the ground, which is, is in an agriculture culture back then. This is something they did frequently and, and use it to break up the hard ground so that they could plant their crops. And so they would custom make, a carpenter would actually custom make this thing called a yoke. And it was custom made to fit those oxen so that it would fit comfortably, it wouldn't be uncomfortable, and it would fit according to their size, their shape, how large they were, all those things. And so that both oxen would be able to plow the ground easier and be working in tandem. It's actually a beautiful picture of what happens when we choose to take on Jesus's yoke and partner with him. He puts his yoke on us and guess what? He's on the other side tilling with us, giving us the grace and the strength. And he'll never give you more than you can handle. He'll, he'll custom make the yoke that he gives you to fit you, your personality type, uh, your passions, your gift mix that he's given you, so that the, the work, the thing that, the purpose that God has for you in your life, it's not too hard. It's only hard if we say, no, I got this, God. I'm going to do it on my own. And we don't allow God to break up the ground with us to work with us and come under the rest of God. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And we need to get this. If we're going to find rest for our souls, and I think we need it, church man, I think we need it more than ever in this fast-paced 21st century, uh, technology-driven. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was reading this article about 20 years ago when technology started uh, just just going faster than ever. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and, you know, you had the box TV. Remember the box TV and the rounded front and the little dials and you had to turn in. I'm kind of dating myself now. But, but I remember like there wasn't a new style TV that didn't come out for like 10, 15 years. And now the speed at which technology in life is happening, it is unbelievable. Now you have a, a, a flat screen TV that comes out and it's uh, 1200 megapixels. And now the next thing out, six months later, they're coming out with 4K and high definition. And now it's like, I don't even know, 7K, whatever it is, but it's the speed at which life is happening and coming at us. Our souls can't even handle the speed at which things are happening. I related to this there's a I love I love good Cajun humor anybody love good Cajun humor? you guys heard of uh, Boudreaux and Thibodeau you ever hear a good Boudreaux joke well Boudreaux and Thibodeau two Cajuns and they're good friends and they live down in the bayou and um, one day Boudreaux is driving over to his buddy Thibodeau's house and while he's driving he notices that he's driving and this three-legged chicken is running alongside the car and it's keeping up with him and he's like, he's hitting the gas and seeing how fast this thing can go. And he's getting up to 50 miles per hour. And this three-legged chicken is keeping up with him. And finally, he gets to Thibodeau's house. He pulls into the driveway. And he goes in um, to see his friend Thibodeau. He's like, Thibodeau. He's like, did you see that three-legged chicken out there? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. He's like, well, where'd it come from? He's like, well, you know how we like to barbecue, right? And he's like, yeah, we love them chicken legs. And he's like, I did some research. And there's some new technology about genetics. And I learned how to, how to reproduce a three-legged chicken so we could have more drumsticks to eat. He's like, wow, that's really good. How did you do that? He's like, how they taste? And he's like, well, I don't know. We haven't been able to catch one of them yet. <laughs> and that's a funny story. But here's the reality. 
of that. I believe that technology is going at such a speed of pace that it has created such busyness and in this furious pace of life that has got us so wrapped up that our souls cannot catch up to the technology and the busyness in the pace of our lives. We need to find rest for our souls. So the title of my message today is The Restless Soul. The Restless Soul. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to just take a moment and to come under your yoke because you promise us that your yoke is easy and it's light. And God, we come in even to a church service like this and we come in carrying so many things that you never told us to carry. We're taking on burdens that you've never asked us to carry. And some of us come in and our souls are so heavy laden, so weighed down, so burdened, we're so frazzled, so fried, so running on empty. Our calendars are so packed, our brains are so frazzled and our souls are so restless. God, we ask, us, we ask right now that you would forgive us for taking on and saying yes to too many things that you never told us to. Today, we come into your presence. We, we've turned off our phones and we, we're quieting our souls before you. And we're letting your word get into our soul and let it bring rest, let it bring healing. Let it bring life today, God. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. And God, right now, I just want to take a moment as the, the church to pray for our nation. Would you, church, pray with me as I pray for our nation? Father God, we thank you for the great nation of the United States of America and the privilege it is to live in this great country that was founded on you, founded on your word, founded on godly principles and godly men. God, we ask that you would forgive us for turning our hearts away from you as a nation. And we purposely and intentionally repent on behalf of our nation and ask you to forgive us and to heal our land once again. God, would you bring revival to this nation? God, this nation needs you desperately. God, we are in desperate need. The church needs you desperately. God, I pray for the church. I pray for not only our church, but I pray for every church in this valley. God, would you bless them today? Would you pour out your spirit on them today? God, would you let revival begin right here, right now in this valley? Let it begin with us. And let it be like a wildfire that sweeps across this nation. God, I pray for revival in Washington, D.C. I pray for President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. God, if they don't know you, that they would come to saving faith, grace, and knowledge of the one true God. And that they would live their life accordingly, make decisions accordingly with the wisdom from heaven. God, we need it more than ever. We pray it in Jesus' mighty name. And all people said, amen, 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 amen. I have to admit to you this morning... Uh, that I'm tired. <laughs> I, am, I am actually very, very tired. And is it okay if I just do this? Because uh, this past week, we sold our house that we've lived in, raised our kids in for 16 years. And uh, I don't know how many of you ever moved before. Don't do it. <laughs> Not unless you have to. Oh, man, I, I loathe moving. And um, it's not fun. It's exhausting. I mean, right up until the last day, Wednesday, when we had to be out of our house by noon, I am like furiously touching up paint and trying to get the last few things out of our house, taking runs to the dump and trying to juggle my responsibilities as pastor in the church. And, and um, my wife and I had this brief moment before we had to like get out of the house and turn over the keys where we just stood in an empty house in the middle of our living room and we looked out the window and we just cried. 
we, we held each other. And in that moment, I had flashbacks of all the memories of things that have happened in that house. My firstborn, my la- not my firstborn, my lastborn a child was actually born in that house um, with a midwife. And um, my secondborn, we just born, my second to youngest was born um, at another house. But immediately um, we moved into that house and, and just life took off. And you know how sometimes you have flashbacks of your life. And I was having flashbacks of even our move out to Montana. And I was remembering how um, my wife and I, before we had kids, we moved out to Montana. And it was the summer of 1998. And we moved out with a a full U-Haul. We had a car on the back. I had $3,000 in my pocket. Didn't know where we were going to live. Didn't have a job. And didn't care. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, this was an adventure. God called us to Montana. We knew that. And we just trusted enough in God that if he called us here, he was going to provide everything that we needed. We didn't have answers. We didn't know what the future held. But we were at peace. And we stopped in Missoula at a, at a country western store, bought a cowboy hat, I bought some cowboy boots, put it on, was driving in, in, in the U-Haul, just me and my wife, put some Tim McGraw in the little CD boombox um, where the green grass grows. I'm going to go where the green grass grows. Watch my corn pop up in rows, you know. And, and it's, it's this country song. I don't know why I keep singing country songs. I'm not, I, don't, I really don't even like country songs. I don't even like country music, but they're just, they're good, man. They got some good lyrics, you know, except for the dog dying and your wife leaving, your best friend, you know, all that stuff. You can take, keep that. But all the rest, you know, is, is pretty good. And, um, and so we're singing that song in the car, and I'm driving the U-Hauls. We're pulling into Proctor, Montana. And I got my, my Proctor friends here. And, and I just thought life was going to be simple. We thought we were coming out to Montana for this simple life where you're going to kick back on the porch, watch the sunset, sip on some lemonade, you know. And then we had a kid. <laughs> <laughs> And then we had another kid, and then we had another kid, and I really like my wife, and uh, winters get cold out here in Montana, so you know what I'm saying? And um, thank God for procreation. I love that commandment, by the way. And uh, and so, (laughs) and we had another kid, and then, you know, you got to, you got to put food on the table for all these kids, and so you got to, you got to have a career, you got to have a plan, you got to work hard, you got to, you know, be able to feed your kids and you got to get a bigger house because when you have three four five kids now you outgrow a smaller house and um, all of that and so you're working hard and and you're working on your career and you're trying to follow Jesus the best of your ability and and you got I had a career where I had to travel and I was really involved in our church I was a leader in our church and I'm trying to balance work and life and ministry and what God has called me to and and then barely have a free moment for things that I enjoy you know God forbid I actually have some time to go fishing or play golf or do something and and then technology's coming at you and, and you're getting binged and beeped and dinged and notified and petrified and and philosophized and all all these things are coming at you constantly and before you know it you are so frazzled fried anxious like you know jittery if if you don't have your phone on you you don't know what time it is and 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 all this and then time is time keeps on slipping slipping see i'm breaking out of my country music into the remember that one y'all yeah some of the oldies into the future and all that And before you know it, your soul is restless. 
And, and we cannot keep up with the pace. And if you don't, be careful. There, there was a point um, several years ago where I thought I was done. I was spent. I was tired. And thank God for some amazing leaders in this church. You guys know you have some amazing leaders and elders. And they said, Pastor Lance, we, and, and I had a, have a mentor, another pastor who speaks into my life. And we were playing golf one day and just talking, just in conversation. And we're playing golf and I'm checking my phone. I'm like, and he's noticing, he's watching me and how I'm, you know, acting. And, he, and he's like, man, what, what's going on with you? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, is something happening? Is there an emergency? I'm like, no. He's like, well, you seem really fidgety and anxious, and you keep checking your phone, and, and, and it doesn't seem like you're really present here, and we're supposed to be playing golf and relaxing. And he's like, talk to me. What's going on? And when he said that, it was just like, I don't know what's going on. I didn't even know what to say in that moment because the reality hit me that, I don't, I'm not even in touch with what's happening in my soul because I'm living such a fast-paced life, moving from one thing to the next. I've got 50 things juggling in my mind going on all the time that I couldn't actually be present, relax, rest, enjoy the moment with a friend and mentor and enjoy being out in nature, playing golf and just enjoying life. It was escaping me. And he said, I think you need a rest. And I said, what do you mean? I was almost offended by it. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean I need a rest? Like, no, I, I can handle this. I'm strong. You know, I got this. I'm good. He's like, no. He's like, have you ever taken like some time off? Just like, you know, some real time off. I'm like, yeah, I take vacation. He's like, no, that's not what I mean. He's like, have you ever taken some time off? Like you need space and time away from what you do so you can just be. I was like, man, I don't even know what that that is I don't even know what that looks like he says well I think you need it he's like I'm gonna talk to your elders and and they gave me a, a, a little sabbatical some time off in space and let me tell you it saved my life and ministry I would not be here today if it wasn't for them allowing that time and I thought you know oh my gosh the church is gonna fall apart and you know I, I can't be away that long and you know people need me and I got responsibilities I can't do that and it was it was crazy. But I'll tell you, the moment that my sabbatical started, it was almost two weeks into it. Two weeks into six weeks. And, and I went to this retreat center, and, and the host couple's like, well, it, you have a free day. What do you want to do? And I'm like, uh, we want to go to church. And they're like, what? It's like, no pastors want to go to church. <laughs> and I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah. They're like, you know, they're always in church. So they don't want to go to church. Like, well, my, I guess my wife and I are weird. We really want to go to church. We want to worship. We want to go and just be a part of a service where we're not leading it or anything. So I said, okay. So they took us to a church service. And I'll never forget this moment the rest of my life. I was in, we, we rushed to get to the church service and we got there a little late and I actually was bummed because I thought we missed worship because by the time I got there, pastor was already preaching. I'm like, dang it, because I love worship. And um, it was a different service that day. The pastor would preach, he would preach for a little bit and then the worship team would come out and lead in a worship song. And so he preached his first point and, and it was so crazy. You know God is in control of everything. He knows exactly where you are every moment and what you need. And in that moment, he knew exactly what I needed to hear and what I needed to experience. And the message just so happened to be God's promises for your future. 
And, and I was questioning, God, do you, am I still called to minister? Can I do this? What does the future hold for me? And God starts speaking to me. It's right to my heart. And I feel my, my soul start to soften up. And the shells start to break. And then the worship team comes out and leads us in this worship song. And all of a sudden, my soul, I, I actually stand up. People are sitting down as the worship team. I stand up. I am so moved in this moment. I feel the presence of God. Like I haven't felt the presence of God in such a long time. And I stand up and I start worshiping. And all of a sudden, it was like a dam broke in my soul. And tears start flooding. And I feel the Lord speak to me in that moment and say, Lance, I don't need you to be Pastor Lance. I just need you to be my son. And in that moment, I realized that I had been doing so much for God that I forgot what it meant to just be with God. Just be present in his presence and experience rest in him. And it was like a dam broken and just flooded my soul with the spirit of God. That's when my sabbatical began. That's when this new season of life began for me and for my wife. But for most of us, we never have or make the time to have moments like that. Ecclesiastes 2, through 23 says this, What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving which they labor under the sun? All their days, their work is grief and pain. Anybody relate to that? And he says, at night, listen to this, at night, their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. Now, the wisdom that Solomon is giving us through the scripture is this, that for many of us, we think even when we physically rest, that we can be at rest. How many of you know that you could take a vacation and come back feeling more exhausted than when you left? Come on, anybody relate? And it's because you can actually take a break or quote-unquote rest and your physical body may be resting or you may be not doing the things that you normally do but you're not getting rest for your soul you god made our bodies to need rest for our physical bodies but he also made our souls to need rest do you know it's amazing to me that that science research and science and neuroscience continually proves the bible to be true and, and neuroscience is showing that amazing things, the way God created our bodies, that when we sleep, when we, i.e., rest, what happens is your mind begins to decompress everything that you experience throughout the day. This is actually a necessary part for you to be able to think clearly and to be able to lo have logic and reason clearly. And too many of us, our brains are foggy, they're cluttered, and that's even after coffee, right? Come on, somebody. And, and part of it is because we're not getting enough sleep. And when you sleep, when you rest, your brain, this is why sometimes we have dreams with little pictures of things that we experience throughout the day, because your brain is going through this process of decompressing. And taking things that you experience and filing them in the right place in your memory banks in your brain. So that your brain can be at rest and that you wake up refreshed and be able to think clearly. Now for your physical body, the way that God designed us is that when we rest, your body now, your muscles come under this uh, place of rest. So that your immune system and your body can focus all its energy on your immune system fighting off free radicals and things like cancer cells, viruses, 
uh, bacteria that can get into the body that's harmful for, for, harmful for us. And when you're at rest, your body is actually healing itself. It's healing itself while you're, while you're resting. Now, those things may be true physically of our mind and our physical body, but let me tell you that we need our souls to decompress. Let me remind you, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And too many of us, we are fearful, we are anxious, we are running on empty, we are spent. And we need rest for our souls that God has for us. There is a rest that we can enter into God that is not like the re like rest that you find in the world. The, the world will tell you, go on a vacation, do something, for all those things. Those are good but real rest is when we get rest for our soul. And this is the part that many of us are missing. Now, let me give you a definition of restless. The word restless means this. You got to get this. Offering no physical or emotional rest. That's soul rest. So rest is more than physical rest. It is soul rest. Offering no physical or emotional rest involving, listen, constant activity or motion. A person unable to rest or relax as a result of anxiety or boredom. Now, let me just tell you that looking at some, some statistics about technology and how it's affecting us, again, I, going back to the three-legged chicken analogy, I don't think that we realize how our, our souls are not catching up to the pace of life in which we are living. Our souls are not catching up to the technology, and because of it, we're getting way down. So I got a couple questions that I want to ask you this morning. And they're this. Are we so busy doing life that we are missing out on being alive? Are we so busy doing life that we're missing out on being alive? Are we so busy capturing moments, i.e. selfie, that we are missing the moments? Are we so busy capturing moments that we're actually missing being present in the moment? Are we so busy making a living that we're neglecting to make a life? For many of us, that's the case. Let me tell you a few statistics about cell phone use and technology. The average mobile phone user touches their phone, touches their phone, touch it, unlock it, do something on it, over 2,617 times a day. 2,000. 617 times a day. In fact, there's a, a new uh, a psychologist, say, a new, uh, I don't know, disorder, social disorder, and that is uh, fear of missing your phone. That, that phones have now become so a part of us, they're like, uh, they're, mentally, they become like a part of who we are. And we get, when we get detached from it, we get anxiety from being away from our phones. That's why I heard, had you turn your phone off. How are you doing with that, by the way? 2.42, almost two and three quarter hours a day of screen time. The average person, this is average. Most phone users unlock their phones on average 80 times a day. 80 times. Time spent on mobile devices continues to increase. These are some facts. In fact, according to data by Flurry Mobile, the average US consumer spends a whopping five hours a day on devices. That is a 20% increase in time spent from 2015. A recent poll on mobile device usage from Common Sense Media found that 50% of teens said they feel addicted to their mobile phones. According to Fortune, social media, listen to this, social media may be particularly entrancing 
with notifications from apps like Facebook and Twitter providing jolts of pleasure in some ways similar to the effects of drugs and gambling. We are becoming addicted to technology. Now, and to quote uh, Kip from Napoleon Dynamite, as he shared this on his wedding day with his new wife, LaFonda, I love technology. Yes, I love technology, but not as much as you, you see, but I still love technology, always and forever. <laughs> Peace out, Napoleon. <laughs> and we have this love-hate relationship with technology, but let me tell you something. We need a rest from it. We need a break from it. It's not good for you. It is ruining our relationships. It is cluttering our minds. It is, it is turning us into people that are constantly striving, feeling like we have to post something, we have to do something because we're watching other people on social media and we're seeing what they do constantly and it's making us uh, have this fear of missing out and fear of not being known and that we have to somehow keep up with other people. And so it creates this anxiety in us that we have to continue to check what's going on. Am I going to miss something? Is, is the world going to go on without me? And, and we're posting pictures of our cats sipping on some milk and, and what we ate for breakfast and the sausage and all these things. And, and it's driving us crazy. And it's burning us out. So I got a couple things for us first one is this. If we're going to find the rest in God, you have to make room to rest. Nobody is going to, except for God, sometimes, right? He said, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Sometimes God just needs, and you know what? He'll allow things in our life. In fact, I just taught, I ran into somebody uh, that goes to this church uh, at Walmart this past week, and we've been praying for her because she's been home sick with COVID. And we were really concerned because she was really struggling. And I ran into her and I said, hey, how are you doing? And she said, you know, Pastor Lance, she said, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm coming down on the other side. But you know what? She said, this has been the best thing for me in my marriage. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, it has forced me to rest. And for the first time, my husband and I, we've really connected. He has served me like unbelievable. Anything I've needed, he's served me. He's taken care of me. I feel loved. I feel taken care of. We've had conversations that we haven't had because we had the time and space to do it. Come on, is that sad that, that maybe we have to come down with a virus for God to make us lie down in green pastures to, to actually get some rest for our soul? But some of us, were, our, our pace of life is so frenetic. In, in Hebrews 4, 9 through 11, it, it says this, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now, Sabbath means God instituted the Sabbath. You understand that uh, following the Sabbath is one of the Big Ten. It's a Big Ten commandment. Like, God commanded it. Like, it's a sin to not honor the Sabbath day and to take a rest. But yeah, this is probably the most abused out of the Ten Commandments. Like, modern-day living, modern-day world, even modern-day church— we have taken the whole Sabbath one and we kind of just like, you know, like put in the, the black tape over the check engine light. We've kind of put the black tape over that commandment just so we don't see it. Like, no, God, you don't understand. We got to keep going. What is the Sabbath? The Sabbath actually means to cease from our works, to cease, to, to cease from doing what you do so that you can see only what God can do when you rest. 
There is a Sabbath rest for the people of God. This is a promise, people. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, there is a Sabbath rest. There is a rest for your soul that can only come from God. He goes on to say this. Uh, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. You remember in the beginning when God created, he, he worked for six days he created. On the seventh day, he ceased from his work and he rested. And it goes on to say this. Let us, let us therefore make every, what? Every effort to enter that rest. So this is a promise, but with it is attached a condition that you actually have to make room for this in your life. And I have to make room for it in my life. Make every effort. In other words, make this a priority. This has to be something that we get back to this place of honoring the Sabbath. Now the Sabbath um, in Jewish culture and tradition, God gave, um, he gave the law, he gave the Sabbath law to the Israelites. And what they did is they would cease working from Friday night sundown to Saturday sundown. They would do no work. That meant no cooking, no preparing, no working. And some of you are thinking, well, how am I supposed to do that? Try it. It might just save your life. But what happened is they would actually, they had to prepare to do this. That's what's interesting. So what they would do is they would go buy everything they need for food. They would prepare meals the day before so that everything was ready for them. They would actually prepare to have rest. Too many of us, we, we think about even preparing for rest. Come on, man. Like, I even got, to, who got time for that? But we need to make room for this if we're going to experience the rest that God has for us. I love, um, I love Eugene Peterson, and I love what he says about this. Listen to this. He said, Sabbath is a time set aside to do nothing so that we can receive everything. To set aside our anxious attempts to make ourselves useful. To set aside our tense, what? Restlessness. To set aside our media-saturated boredom. Sabbath is the time to receive silence and let it deepen into gratitude and receive quiet. Into which forgotten faces and voices unobtrusively make themselves present. To receive the days of the just-completed week and absorb the wonder and miracle still reverberating from each one to receive our Lord's amazing grace. Come on, we need room. Think about this. How many of us even have room to ponder how our week was, what we experienced, the good things, the good, the bad, the ugly. Talk to God about it. Be grateful. Do you know that so much of gratitude, we're about to have Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks, so much of gratitude is actually stopping and thinking about what the things in your life you're grateful for. But how many of us actually take time to do that? Like sit down and think about the good things that God, and, and you might even be in the middle of some terrible things that you're walking through, but I guarantee you this, even um, when I was studying psychology, one of the, the cognitive therapy methods that they would use for uh, patients that were struggling with depression was they would have them in the morning when they got up, first thing, write down 10 things, think about 10 things and write them down you're grateful for, and think about them for five minutes. Before you go to bed at night, Look at that list and thank God for those things. It gets in you. But so many of us, we don't even have time to know what we're grateful for. We don't have time to 
enjoy the wonder of God and enjoy that we're, we're actually alive. Come on, you know the gift of life? You want the gift of life? I was just in the hospital in the ER Friday night with one of my sons. And, and while I'm sitting there, I'm watching people that are actually struggling with life. Right now, while you're sitting here, there's somebody that is gasping their last breath of life. And you and I, we have this gift God has given us. I've got oxygen in my lungs. I'm breathing. I got clothes on my back. I got food. I got amazing people. I got an amazing family and wife. And I don't even, I, I miss out on just being grateful for life and enjoying the life that God has given me. Last night I got to experience an amazing dinner with some friends and have some awesome pizza. I'm not going to tell you where it is because it's a spot. And it'll get overcrowded. You know how that goes. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, thank you for the gift of pizza. I'm enjoying, like, this is good. God gave you taste buds so you would enjoy what you're eating, not just shove it in your mouth. Uh, this past week, I was running some errands, and I had a to-do list, you know how it is? And I'm running around, and I hadn't eaten. I'm starving, so I run through the Jimmy John's drive-thru. And normally, normally, I would take that sandwich, and I'm driving, you know, I'm like multitasking while I'm driving, I'm checking my phone, I'm eating, don't tell my wife, she gets on me, and um, I'm moving so fast that I'm usually shoving food in while I'm going somewhere else. Well, you know what? Because I was convicted of this message <laughs> that I was preparing, I said, I'm actually going to stop to eat. So I pulled, you can't go inside, stupid, but anyway, I, I pull in the driveway, I pull in the, the parking lot, rather, and I sit in the car, and I'm listening. I decide I'm going to listen to an audio, audio book for a little bit, and I'm going to eat my sandwich. I'm just going to stop just for a minute. Thank you. I get a gold star. And, and, so, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm staring at Jimmy John's, and I'm eating the sandwich, and there's this neon sign that says, Free Smells. You ever see it? free smells. I'm like, that's weird, but <laughs> it's the bread. When they bake the bread, you know, the smell of the bread. And, and I'm thinking, you know what my first thought was when I saw that sign? I said, bro, nobody got time for that. <laughs> like, who's got time to sit there and smell? Like, I barely got time to get to my next meeting and appointment. Got time for my family to sit down and catch up with my wife from the last past two weeks. And you want me to smell the bread? And I thought, something is wrong here. It reminded me of that, you know, saying, stop and smell the roses. But how many of us actually have margin, enough margin in our life to stop and have a free smell? To breathe it in and smell the bread. That smells good. God, thank you. Thank you for that gift. It's a gift. If we're going to make room for rest, we have to understand this. Priority determines capacity. Priority determines capacity. And you might be like, what do you mean by that, Pastor Lance? Well, here's what I mean. That word priority, it means this. Something that is more important than other things that need to be done or dealt with first. Too many of us, we're saying yes to the wrong things. Uh, and, and let me tell you something. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. When you put something else on your calendar, when you say yes to your kid doing soccer or 4-H or whatever, and all those things are good. Listen, it's all good, right? That's the problem. It's all good. They're all good things. And the problem is in the middle of all the good things of our life, we can miss out on the most important things. 
What's a priority? We lose sight in the busyness, fast-paced, frenetic of our 21st century life. Too many of us don't even stop to rest and make room for rest to stop and actually think, what's most important in my life? Like, what do I value? If, if nothing is important, nothing is important. And, and we can go through life and live life and get to the end of our life and realize with regret that I haven't made room, I haven't made the most important things in my life a priority. And too many of us are doing this. Uh, there was one pastor that, that said it like this, and I think this is brilliant. He said that we are living and moving too fast, delivering too little, demand too much, and our lives have become so complex, and this is the result. Fatigue is high, margin is thin, relationships are shallow, families are fractured, your marriage starts to drift, kids ne get neglected, deep, authentic friendships are often absent. And we're running out empty. And we're dry. And we're wondering why our souls need the very spirit and living God to refresh us. Matthew, um, in Matthew, Jesus said it like this, 31 through 33. So, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, those are people that don't know God. Listen to the language. They run after those things. But too many of the people of God are running after the same things. We're running, 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 and it's like a treadmill. They're running after these things. And listen, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But here's the priority. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And what? What's the result? When we prioritize God and his kingdom and his righteousness, not my works, but Jesus. Too many of us, were striving to be good people. We're striving to do a lot of good things, but we're coming out from under the grace of God and under the righteousness of God, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what happens? Here's the result. All these things that we're running after, chasing after, trying to fill ourselves with, God gives them to you. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to strive for it. He starts giving them to you. But here's the key. You got to understand that priority determines capacity. When you put God first and his kingdom first and the things in the word and the things that he's told you to do first in your life and make them a priority, all those things get added to you. The things that God will give you, the desires of your heart even, right? Come on, somebody. I love what Augustine says. He said this. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. We got to make it a priority. So what does that mean for you? That means some of you are going to have to make some rest this week. Take some time. Get before God and ask him and ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. Look at your life. Look at your calendar. Look at where you're spending your money. Look at how you're spending your free time. Look, rest for your soul isn't watching Netflix. That might be downtime. You know, playing games. That might be fun. That might be, you know, some recreation. But it doesn't bring rest to your soul. The only thing that, that brings rest to your soul is when you find rest in God. He's the only one that can bring peace and rest to you. Brings me to my last point, and we're close. We have to learn to practice being present with God and people. I say practice because this is something you got to work at. It doesn't come natural. 
Like, I just want to get up and I want to go. I got stuff I got to do. But God says, no, 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 no. You got to be before you do. I got to be present with God. If I don't make that a priority first, everything that I do is just, it can be meaningless because I'm not doing it with the right heart, the right attitude, the right presence. You know, do you ever meet somebody that carries an anxious presence about them? I want to be present with people. I don't want to miss moments. Do you know that, I like to say it like this, we were created as human beings, not human doings. But too many of us treat life like we're human doings, like we're a machine. Do you know that in the original um, Wizard of Oz in the book, there's actually a book, it's not just a movie. That's the case for a lot, by the way. Some of you didn't know that. It's okay. But in the book, Wizard of Oz, there's a story about the Tin Man, how he became the Tin Man. He was this woodsman. He was a human woodsman. And um, while he was cutting down a tree one day, his axe, the, the, the wicked witch, cast a spell on him. And in that spell, it made the axe slip and he cut off one of his arms. And so he actually, he got a, a tin arm put on and he was in love with this munchkin maiden. <laughs> Remember that? We welcome you. The lollipop guild. That's weird with the music coming on in the back. The lollipop guild. You know, you remember those little munchkin guys? <laughs> well, there was a munchkin maiden and, and the tin man, he was in love with them and, and he wanted to marry. He was actually engaged to marry this munchkin maiden. It was the love of his life and he was happy. And, and his arm got cut off and this Tim arm, arm put on and it didn't ruin the love between him and the munchkin maiden so the, the witch cast another spell and his axe slips again and it cut right through his body and they made him into a, a tin man and you know the story from that part on he was looking for a heart see what happened to him is he became this machine that now because he was 10, he was able to do twice as much work and get twice as much done, produce twice as much. But in the meantime, he lost his soul. He lost his heart. And he became this shell of a man, a hollow man with no heart. I think that for a lot of us, that's the case. That we've gone so fast and gone so hard and we're so busy and, 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 and we're not really resting. We're giving ourselves to things that don't bring us rest, like technology. And, and I've got nothing against that. I don't think God does either. But when that becomes the priority over the rest that God has for us, it's kind of like the story of Martha, Mary and Martha, right? I want to remind you of it as we close. Jesus rebuked Martha. Now, I ain't going to lie, I love Martha's. Hey, nothing gets done if there ain't no Marthas around. So I love you, Marthas. But that's not the point. The point of the story isn't the difference between a personality type of somebody who does stuff and works hard. Those are all good attributes. That wasn't what Jesus was rebuking. But he was trying to get her attention, just like I believe he's trying to get your attention. He said, Martha, Martha, you can insert your own name. The Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things. And he says this, it's kind of like Curly, you know, from City Slickers, the one thing, the secret to life, it's one thing. This is Jesus' Curly moment, secret to one thing. He says, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary 
has chosen what? What is better. Martha, what you're doing is good. What you're doing is good, running your kids to soccer practice and, and you know, all the things that you're involved in, everything on your schedule, serving in the church, you know, being involved, all those things are good. But Mary's chosen what's better. And it will not, listen to this, you gotta get this. It will, what? Not be taken away from her. So you have to understand this, when you choose to put God first and make room for him and enter into his rest, that cannot be taken away from you. Jesus said, don't store up for yourselves treasures in earth, in, on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But when you put your soul into treasures in heaven, man, that's when, that's when the presence of the Spirit of God is. I think about all the moments that I might have missed in life because I wasn't present with God. See, there's something about being present with God that opens your eyes and awareness and your spirit becomes more sensitive to the people around you that you love and care for. And too many of us, we've become like that tin man, cold, hollow. We go by people every day that are hurting, that are broken, and we've lost our heart and compassion and our soul. We miss out on moments like this because we got to be somewhere, we got lunch to go to, we got things to do, places to be. And we can't even go five minutes over in a church service. Can't go through a moment without checking our phone, seeing who texted us. But God has you here in this moment, and I got six minutes of your time left. And I'll never forget this. One day I was running some errands. My wife gave me some errands to go to the grocery store and I'm running some errands. And, and I brought my son Blake with me. And it was more like me dragging him around <laughs> doing errands, if I'm going to be honest. And I remember I'm going through the grocery store with my list and I'm grabbing stuff. It was like grocery store shop, you know, Guy Ferrari's, whatever. And I'm grabbing stuff off the shelves, putting them in. I'm in a hurry. I got stuff to do. And Blake is, come on, Blake, come with me. And, and I'm running through the store and... And little Blakey, who's probably about five years old, six years old about that time, he's like grabbing on me while I'm getting stuff. He's like, Dad, Dad. I'm like, what, Blake? What? Dad, Dad, Dad. What? Dad, Dad. He's like, I'm like, I actually stopped in the middle of Christmas. Like, and I, I'm like, what? What do you want that's so important? And he looks at me and he goes, Dad, listen to my sneaker squeak. And in that moment, in the middle of the grocery store, it just hit me. I wasn't present with somebody I love deeply and dearly. Because my mind was so frazzled with everything that I had to do that I wasn't being in the moment with God and with my son. <laughs> Every time about that, I said, that's awesome, buddy. I love to hear your sneaker squeak. He graduated this fall. I don't know how much longer he'll be in my house. But I long for the days where somebody was pulling on my shirt saying, Daddy, Daddy, listen to my sneaker squeak. How many moments are you missing out on like that? Because you're not present with God and present with people that we love. Pray with me. Father,
We thank you for your presence here. God, we thank you that you never leave us and you never forsake us, even though we forsake you. And we leave you in the busyness of our lives. God, today, help us, Holy Spirit. Help each one of us to recognize the areas where we need to reorder our life, to make room for your rest, to prioritize the things that are most important. And God, to be still and know that you are God. As we close, while there may be some of you that you don't know Jesus, and you're not a follower of him, you haven't surrendered your life to him, let me tell you, this is where true rest begins. When you cease from trying to be a good person, trying to live life the right way, and you surrender your life to Jesus. And whether you're in Eureka, whether you're online, whether you're right here in the room right now, this is your moment to finally stop striving, stop carrying the heavy weight and burden and do what Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you tired of trying to do life on your own? If that's you and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, just slip your hand up. Nobody's looking around. This is between you and God. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, anyone else? Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support the ministry of Hope Church at hopechurchmt.com slash give. Also follow us on social media at Hope Church MT. Be blessed and have a great week.